Hey everybody, so um, this is just a general podcast. Uh, I'm just going to talk about some random ass things. <laughs> Two random ass things that have nothing to do with each other. One of them is sickness and history and the other one is gossip, right? So first thing is gossip. I guess it all kind of sort of meshes together. People just talking about random things and all that crap. Um, A lot of people want to know why conspiracy theories seem to multiply with information. And that's because people humanity and potentially other animals uh, like to gossip. They like to tell stories. They like to imagine things. And the less that you imagine or the more information you have about a topic, the less you have to imagine about a topic or the less you have to deduce about a topic, And humanity always has to find an answer. Well, if you're provided with an answer for a topic, you still want to see what the other answer is, right? What is in water? Why does water make this, this, you feel wet? What, what creates water? Is it from the gods? Is it, oh, it's from chemicals. It's, uh... Two hydrogen molecules on either side of an oxygen molecule. But why does water move around your hand like that? Oh, it's because hydrogen is positively charged on one side and negatively charged on the other. That's interesting. Why does... Yeah, but why is it this way? Why do molecules do this? Why? See, that's what humanity constantly does. We're We're the kid that says, why, why, why? 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 You get my point. I'm trying not to be too annoying, but that's what humanity does with itself. Um, So people are always trying to find the answer to feel more intelligent. You know, because that moment of discovery is, is what a lot of people mistake for feeling intelligent. You know, or the moment of obtaining new knowledge is what people think makes them feel intelligent. When really that's just an endorphin of, uh, you know, that helps your short-term and thus long-term memory retain that information. The endorphins and the adrenaline, your mind working extra hard and your brain. So you're not, people confuse the idea of remembering something with intelligence. They overlap, certainly. They really do overlap. But people confuse the the emotion related to it as the actual concept of intelligence. So they go after uh, more and more uh, types of uh, you know whys and answers. And if you're not receiving that those endorphins anymore, you might start coming up with answers of your own that. That feels right. It just feels right. Right? Without it actually being intelligently guessed.
you know. Uh, that isn't to say that there are times that you sh that you shouldn't ever do that, right? Because that's actually how a lot of discoveries are made. Like, it feels right that this is correct. And then you wind up doing your investigations, actual investigations, to confirm or deny that feeling, right? And if you're pretty good at analyzing content and subtext and supertext, then you can have a pretty good track record of coming up with the right answer, you know, or at least uh, going down the right path in order to get the right answer and figuring out how it connects. It's what we call hunches. Hunches are essentially non-scientific if you use them as a definitive answer, but a hunch is kind of like an, you know, or an educated guess a hunch is like an educated guess, only with less education behind it. A hunch is more like, well, everything else works this way. I've got a hunch because of the end effects, it doesn't work out this way. Uh, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to see if I'm right. That's kind of what a hunch is, you know. Or a hunch is something that your subconscious notices, but you can't explain, uh, you can't explain it. But you know your subconscious has a good track record and you're saying, eh, I got a hunch that that's the villain. Or maybe you, you know the name of the, you know, the actors in a TV show. Oh, that's the, that's the main, that's like a, a famous actor. I've got a hunch he's the bad guy. Because of how writers do things, right? They have nothing to do with the actual writing. It's just, who's the villain of the week, right? So, um... Which is also why a lot of uh, uh, shows like Columbo are really popular because they eliminate that hunch. And what they do is they show you the villain at the start and you have to figure out, well, or you have to wait and, and, and hope that, or figure out or wait and hope to see how Columbo will solve that mystery. That's exciting too. That's its own path of discovery, right? How you catch him. How does he catch him? Right? So, um, I think that that in and of itself is also why a lot of people will, uh, go into these whole, uh, concepts of, uh, whatever the, you know, whatever the fuck it is that I was talking about, right? <laughs> um, you know, conspiracy theories. That's what I was talking about. Uh, that's, that's why people will go down the roads of conspiracy theories is that they keep asking why they've got hunches and then uh, they want a desire to have that feeling of, of eureka and discovery all the time. And the only way to do that is to manufacture bullshit and they do it for themselves, which is why a lot of people will latch on to these conspiracies because the conspiracies made them feel good. And they don't want to associate feeling good with being wrong. You know, it's the old saying, if it feels good, do it. Right? Well, if it doesn't, I mean, what if it feels good and you shouldn't do it? Well, that means that you're wrong. Nobody wants to feel wrong because then you feel regret. You feel a bunch of other things. You know, so at the same at the same. Uh, or conversely, it's like how Mike Myers 
pointed something out in the Pentaveret uh, show here. Sometimes people are really, really fucking crazy about a lot of things and have these weird conspiracy theories. One, one out of a hundred times, they might be right. You know, not every conspiracy theory is wrong. There are a lot of conspiracy theories that are right, that have been proven right. But you don't want to call them conspiracy theories because in order to find out if they're right, they cease becoming a theory and they start becoming proven fact, right? Like the conspiracy to kill Abraham Lincoln you know, it was years before people uncovered, you know, the full length of, of that theory. And then, but then you had the people who knew when to stop and the people who couldn't stop. People who knew when to stop realized there really is no connection beyond the people that, we act, that they actually discovered and any other further connection that was loose. Uh, I mean, there, there wasn't like this giant Illuminati out there to kill Abraham Lincoln right? Uh, a lot of people wanted to kill Abraham Lincoln. Just because they mentioned it to John Wilkes Booth did not mean that they were actually part of the conspiracy. See, there's a difference between actually being integral to the plot and just shooting your fucking mouth off. And people who know when to stop say, the actual plot uh, begins and ends here at this person. Anyone else who says, yeah, go kill Lincoln, is just shooting their fucking mouth off. They're not actually part of the plot. It's, you know, they're just shooting their mouth off. You know, uh, people like Nazis and communists like to group guilt by association together, despite they're not having an integral part uh, to play. Between the, two, uh, to, between the two entities or individuals. Right, and that's how Nazis and communists managed to keep a death grip over their populace by making association with anybody a guilty plea and a justification to commit murder. So the the but in reality, anybody can say any number of things, but unless they're actually assisting in planning, they're not part of conspirators to kill them and. Uh, to emphasize this point, like everybody, well, uh, a third of the of the world plants population, right? I'm guessing, maybe not that much, because there are a lot of people not part of World War II, but a huge part of the population. World War II, all of the Allies, for example, all people who helped Allies, they weren't part of a conspiracy to. Uh, commit murder by forcing Hitler to shoot himself, right? They, even, uh, uh, we hope that he kills himself and then Hitler kills himself. Yes, yes, I declare victory. Like, no, that's not how it works, right? It's not how it works at all. Now, everybody contributing to the war effort contributed to the downfall of the Nazis, but they didn't actually pull the, pull the trigger on the gun Hitler pulled the trigger on the gun to kill himself, right? Now, you can say that you can create a, an environment of hostility, right? And that, that creates certain situations or fosters certain situations to come to fruition. And that is entirely true. And the law is dealing with that. But... Uh, 
conspiracy theories and how people want to go after things, how people are asking why and how things are connected, they have to begin and end at some point, right? And those who are actually intelligent know when to say there may be additional factors, but these were the main factors, right? Lee Harvey Oswald pulled the gun. He had a modified rifle, which could actually do what normal variations of the rifle could not do. You know, now does that mean that there was or was not something in addition to that? Don't fucking know. Doesn't really matter. The lethal bullet came from Oswald's position on the book tower. No, book, book depository. I said book tower, sorry. Book depository. That's it, right? I mean, uh, people who contributed to a conspiracy, people who wanted JFK killed, does not mean they actually participated in it. Oswald would have done it with or without anybody's help. That's part of the problem with some conspiracies. An individual who's going to do it with or without somebody else's help, are the other people still guilty? If one of those bullets actually did come from the grassy knoll, is it still guilty? And then there's the, the problem where people have actually replicated ricochet. Um, you know, ricochet tests that have done what people say, well, that's impossible. Magic bullets don't work. Then they conduct a ricochet test and, oh my fucking God, that's weird. I've seen some fucked up physics tests that'll blow your mind in that regard. And it almost seems incomprehensible. Sometimes the actual truth to the, to the, an, the truthful answer is so mind-blowing, you're like, that can't be it. Right? Like liquid fire. Have you seen fire behave like water without it actually being a liquid? I don't mean like uh, liquid fire being gasoline and how it burns. I mean, have you seen fire in a weightless environment? I tell you, it blows your fucking mind. Things happen in weird ways in the natural world that are almost incomprehensible. And that's also, that's another reason why human, humans like to imagine other things happening, right? Like, why, why, why? Even the simple answer is sometimes so fucking strange. It's like, I can't really believe that. Can I? Is, I mean, I saw that, but does that really happen? Did that really happen? Fuck. I'm not going to believe it. You know, like airplanes being able to take off uh, uh, despite a conveyor belt going the opposite direction that the plane is traveling. It's really difficult to wrap your mind out of the fact that for however many years that we are alive and we've learned that gravity pulls us down and creates the friction and the... Uh, Contest between our own physical mobile, you know, uh, mobility and the ground are so integral to our existence. 
or integral. I, I know I probably pronounced that word incorrectly. It's just, I always think integral. Anyway, uh, there, it's so, it's, it's so much part of our own existence that we can't fathom the air is essentially the ground or plays the same part as the ground plays to us only for airplanes. So airplanes, when they're on a conveyor belt, does absolutely fucking nothing about whether or not they can take off. Now that's, that's crazy to think that, but that's exactly how it works. And I, you know, I've been spreading this video around. It's, it's one of the most widely disbelieved myth, Mythbuster episodes, despite the fact it's 100% fucking true. And even pilots who look at the episode say, wow, I, I mean, I always knew how planes work, but that is, wow, I got to wrap my head around that. So expectations, reality, uh, guessing what's new, the gossip, trying to a ask why, trying to spread information, trying to obtain information, all that is part of our continued existence and push, you know, and us pushing forward that changes our views and you know so conspiracy theorists in a lot of ways are major contributors to the human condition in asking why you know we've all believed in a conspiracy and all spread around a conspiracy that may not have been true but it's not because we want to spread misinformation it's because we believe that we are spreading to our information. And whether or not we can mentally, we are mentally capable of going back and saying, okay, this is bullshit. I no longer believe it. That's your willpower and your capacity for intellectual thought. Like the Bernie bro conspiracy myth. Bernie bros never existed in the way that Hillary Clinton perpetuated the conspiracy and the idea that they did. Every fucking study that has come out has consistently shown it was a complete fucking myth. The conspiracy is wrong. And how many people who voted for Hillary Clinton believe that it exists? Our capacity for intellectual reasoning is dependent upon whether or not we can accept information that dismantles our own conspiracy and desire to conspire or believe it in the conspiracy itself. So another thing is there's a, an OnlyFans going out around this uh, woman who I don't think she's dated very many men <laughs> and men aren't speaking out against her she's showing pictures of Greek statues and she says and they have tiny dicks and penises and and the the Greeks Greeks didn't believe uh, that having big dicks 
was on healthy self-image, and that's why all these statues have small dicks, etc., 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 etc. There's an episode of Seinfeld that specifically deals with this topic, and uh, d- don't to all the men out there. I know, and I know I'm I'm breaking the guy code here. I'm breaking the guy code. Um, this girl has never been in a fucking locker room with men. She has probably only, I mean, she looks hot, so maybe she's dated, dated plenty of men who, who, uh, have a healthy view of, of sexual relations with women, right? So she probably never, ever seen something, uh, like what was discussed in the Seinfeld episode, shrinkage and cold atmospheres, right? <laughs> uh, Greek artists and sculptors would have their models stand naked and they would sculpt them well let's take a horse for example horses have big dicks when they're getting it on with a mare but the average horse you know, they say hung like a horse the average horse Male horse, when they're out there and they're walking around, they don't have a fifth leg, right? They're because that would be self injurious. The body pushes all the blood out of that organ, and the skin kind of shrinks a lot. <laughs> it's a self defense mechanism. And a lot of these women are believing her bullshit that the Greeks didn't believe that showing big penises was a good thing and all, all and on and on and on. And uh, some of the, apparently some of the statues she's talking about, because it was mostly this news report that I read and she was highlighting some statues. Um, some of these statues she's talking about are actually kind of big statues. Um Uh, this is more prevalent with David. I don't think she talks about David. But uh, with David, David is, you know, Statue of David, he's, I mean, it's not a Greek statue, right? Um, but uh, in general, it's, you know, when David was created, you know, David and Goliath, you know, whatever. Um, statues like David that are really big, they tend to be a little bit top heavy. The head is bigger than the than the feet because when you're looking up, the, your perspective is skewed. In order to make it look like the statue is the right proportion, you have to make the top bigger than the bottom. So it seems like she's also dealing with some big statues there too, which would mean that proportionally speaking, the Nether regions probably aren't as big as they would be. Uh, in addition, I mean, I just really, it, it's, it's like, to any of my, to my women friends out there, some of, uh, some of the statues that she highlights, um, it looks to me like everything is in proportion. <laughs> uh, it looks to me like, the 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 area of interest for her 
is an area that has experienced quite a bit of shrinkage because the male model has been standing there for hours on end and it's cold and remember there's no central heating and like everything just kind of like tightened up a little bit and uh, they just wanted to show the human in a non-erotic form <laughs> that's the best way I could describe it like I said Seinfeld episode called shrinkage and a lot of women go oh, boy you know what I when that episode came out see the what happened in the Seinfeld episode George Costanza is um, I, th I think she, he's like caught in the shower or something like that or when he gets out of the shower and his girlfriend looks or, or you know somebody looks at him naked and it gets to his girlfriend and they, they, they point about how small his these girls these, these full-grown women point about how small his dick is right and like Elaine is it Elaine it's been a while it's been like 20 years since I've seen this episode I think it's Elaine who says uh, you know what do you mean d d shrinkage and all the guys just kind of like not want to answer the question <laughs> except for George he says when it's cold it shrinks or you know I mean that I said it like Seinfeld but George says when it's cold out there it shrinks and a lot of these women who watch the episode that I've known in real life said, oh, that's not true, is it? It's like they think that, I guess, they think that men have an erection all the fucking time in their life. <laughs> and that's not how, it's not how it works. <laughs> and it is a huge, huge difference between inactive and active. And I think that some women also see these um, underwear models who have actual cups for decency reasons, right? In order to show that there is plenty of room down there and they don't want to show them like with these huge erections or whatever. So they stretch out the crotch area with these cups for underwear commercials saying, look, it's really comfortable. You won't feel it. It won't tighten your your boys up right and uh so i a lot of these women are spreading around this fucking tiktok saying well the greeks just believed that smaller dicks are the way to go <laughs> i don't know i don't i don't fucking understand the stupidity involved in this particular tiktok now there are Certain certain uh, statues were uh, that area is definitely smaller than it should be, right? But she actually, I saw a screenshot of her TikTok or or, or OnlyFans. I keep saying TikTok, uh, OnlyFans. Except I think it's I think they said it was like being spread around on TikTok, too. But I've seen a screenshot of her OnlyFans that highlighted uh, a Greek pit statue. Where it looks like that area is still the size of a fist and it's supposed to be at maximum shrinkage. And I'm looking at that, I'm thinking, no, I that's uh 
That's actually pretty close to anatomically correct. And she's talking about how small it is. Like, no, no, like the cherubs you see with little tiny baby dicks. Yeah, they're not supposed to be lustful beings, right? So I think that's what she misunderstood. The difference between certain statues like cherubs and these big male statues that just have like non-sexually engaged statues. <laughs> and she's supposedly a historian or something uh, on this OnlyFans. So, uh, well, guys, it's up to you. You can go ahead and say to women, oh, yeah, no, 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 men's dicks are always uh, halfway down the thigh. Uh, mine's down to my knee all the time. You can go ahead and say that. These women apparently will believe you. Uh, or you could actually say, I, yeah, I mean, uh, listen, the reality is, I mean, just, just look at... Uh, the crotch area on any of our presidents that have been accused of sexual harassment and screwing a lot of women, you'll see that it's really, you know, take away a little bit of that clothing and you realize it's, it's shrinkage is real. <laughs> it's up to you guys. Maybe I broke the guy code with this one. But uh, yeah, this, this, this girl's, uh, um, at least the statues that she was sharing is, is stupid. Um, and let me emphasize this with uh, what Greeks and Romans would do. Uh, on their signs for their wares and stuff, they would have giant fucking dicks that are three times the size of a caricature that's on their signs. Uh, just, just look up uh, Pompeii, right? Uh, uh, you know, it's a Roman, granted. But uh, just look up Pompeii, and, and there are some ancient Greek... Um, advertising uh, reliefs where there are these like semi-cartoonish really poorly etched um, characters that have their their uh, fists on their hips with giant smiles and these dicks that are if the character was five feet tall the dicks would be six feet long uh, so that that's uh, that kind of disproves the whole idea of the Greeks actually believed in having smaller dicks on their statues. Uh, the the shit that she cites is also not it, it's it's not comparable to the topic that she's discussing, and she makes this huge conclusion jump from one point to another. And I mean, so it's it's just it's just absolutely fucking crazy. I think. Um, and the fact that a lot of women don't understand even a joke that Seinfeld made back in the 90s uh, is, is beyond me. Just absolutely fucking beyond me. It's just beyond me. And this kind of ties into the whole conspiracy theory. This was where I said that everything sort of ties into it. This kind of also ties into the conspiracy theory belief of always asking for a reason why and not being satisfied with something. If these women, no, I had sex before and it was much bigger than that. Yeah, there's something called shrinkage. Does it really shrink that much? Or do you just have a small dick? Okay. Um, I 
don't talk to you about your snatch box, do I? So you have a small dick. Okay. Well, maybe you're broken down there. <gasps> Sexual harasser! <laughs> so you can't really have a discussion with, with this type of mentality, right? No, I need to know the real reason why. Like, okay, the model was in a cold fucking studio with no central heating. And he was like five feet fucking, or, or six feet fucking tall, or, you know, whatever. So maybe it looks a little bit smaller than you're used to, because either you're, like, really hot... And people always want to just get it on with you, or maybe you're so ugly that it shrinks at the sight of you. And so you've never really seen one before. I don't fucking know. There's just no, no dealing with people like that. So here's another aspect of co conspiracy, since we're talking about Greek statues. Uh, so when my hair's been growing back. It's I my hair is I think ninety eight percent of where it was before I got COVID. I say ninety eight percent because there are a couple spots on my head where uh, when my hair gets wet, you can actually see the remnants of the uh, crop circles that I used to have, <laughs> and uh, it feels like my hair is just a little bit thinner on one side of my head when I try to run my fingers through it. But uh, my hair is almost totally back to where it was before COVID. But there's something interesting about my hair. My hair is definitely a different, con different texture, different consistency. And it turns into tight, tight, tight curls. Tight curls. Okay, like, like Roman and Greek statue type of tight curls. My, my hair has always been curly. I've always had curls in my hair. But it is incredibly tight in terms of, of curls and, uh, and everything else, right? So um, it's actually something that people who have chemotherapy experience or people who have severe sickness experience where they experience hair loss and then the hair comes back only it's in tight, tight, tight curls. And that made me think of people's explanations of statues, Greek statues and Roman statues, statues, where they say curls are from are biblical, like Samson uh, and Delilah. They believe that you know curls were part of a person's strength. So I'm not satisfied with that uh, Samsung, not Samsung. Samson, sorry about that. <laughs> I'm not satisfied with that Samson and Delilah explanation of curls being seen as, as strength. Insofar that I believe somehow it is related to a certain degree, but I think it's more akin to the Greeks not understanding why uh, those who would survive severe famine managed to get these really tight curls in their hair. I think they recognized those tight curls as like blessings from the God because 
out of a family of, of six, two or three survive, right? And then they get these curls on their heads. Their hair, which wasn't curly before, suddenly became curly. So I think that there is a real world connection there. Now, maybe I'm wrong, but I think there is a real world connection there between how the body recuperates after severe famine, after severe sickness, and how hair grows on the head afterwards. And I think that the curls, because not all statues have these really tight curls. Very few do. You know, when you, or well, I shouldn't say very few do. But um, how do I put it? It's, it's like, it's not, if it's a majority, it's a slim majority. But not every single statue out there has really, really tight curls. You know, uh, a lot of gods have those curls. But a lot of regular uh, people or whatever, they, they don't necessarily have those curls. They'll have some curly hair, but it's not super tight curly. And I think that... It is representative of these types of situations where famine or sickness was in existence during that person's, uh, during a period in that person's life. Like uh, Julius Caesar. He's, he's always portrayed as having, or almost always portrayed as having really tight curls on his head. And he, his particular... In his particular life, he did survive a couple really horrific uh, famine, uh, bouts of famine, right? Some of them were called by, and caused by the uh, uh, warring tribes that went through his, his village and stuff like that. You know, just all sorts of crap. As much of a monster as Julius Caesar was, he, his experiences and how he treated other people were shaped by the destruction of his own village and, and his own people and people that he knew. And it seems to be consistent that with real humans who are put into statues, uh, if their history included a really uh, fucked up sickness or famine period or inability to eat or, or something like that, they would tend to have these curls portrayed on their statues, their busts. So I think that there's something there. I would like to, I, w I wonder if there is a study where anybody's ever actually really gone into that. And uh, I think that's something worth investigating someday. You know, somebody going through statues that were known to have real male models or female models, if they actually know who modeled it, who the person was. I think it would actually be interesting to see if my theory is true. Of course, there's so many statues where you don't know who the model was, and uh, there probably was some sort of uh, artistic interpretation, especially with the gods. I mean, did the sculptor actually sculpt the hair as seen on the model, or did they do an artistic interpretation in terms of, of the gods? You know, what, what type of person was that sculptor? Especially when you talk about ancient Greek, um, they, they didn't really 
they weren't really into making realistic hair. The Romans were way into making realistic hair. You know, the whole idea that the Romans lost art uh, when they came into, into being is bullshit. The Romans actually improved on a lot of concepts of art. You know, realistic uh, posing and uh, sculpting. That was... It's not really Greek. It was, it was mostly Roman. Uh, there are things that the Greeks did, though the Romans stopped doing, which were better done under the Greeks. But, uh, yeah. So, uh, anyway, uh, my, I, my somewhat theory out there, I mean, I, I, I'm pretty sure it doesn't explain everything, but I think that it explains certain things. And uh, so this is just a general... Uh, general uh, type of uh, commentary. Hope you guys have a wonderful day. Bye.